0: All right, welcome back to Table Talk, your healthy theological radio addiction, confession and absolution. The small catechism, fifth chief part, is talking about the third way that uh, a Christian can make confession before God, and that's going to your pastor individually or privately. And we extol that as Lutherans, and it's been making a comeback over the last 50 years in uh, American Lutheranism, and rightly so. But we'll have more to say on that, of course, later in other programs. There are two other ways, again, by way of review, that you make confession before God and you make your confession fully expecting that you're forgiven for Christ's sake and for Christ's sake alone. And that's what we're talking about. You can confess your sin to God anywhere, anytime, any place. And as a pastor, I'm very concerned that people do this. If people aren't doing this, I'm very concerned as a pastor. And in, 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 in this COVID, in this new normal of COVID, uh, I one of my greatest pastoral fears is precisely this. Oh, uh, well, pastor, Uh, we can't come to church, but we watch it online. Uh, Okay, but that's still not church, by the way. That's still, that's not church. Virtual church is like a virtual marriage. There is no such thing, (laughs) you know? Uh, It has to be in the flesh. But the point I'm trying to make is, is I fear that people who fear the virus so much that they won't come to church, and some legitimately so, of course, I have to give that caveat. I, I, I fear that they're not making confession, before God, and asking God to forgive them for Christ's sake. Just like, I, I fear that they don't pray. I fear that they don't read the scriptures. You know, I, this is a big concern of me. In any event, Daniel 9, Daniel's doing this. He's, he's confessing before the Lord, and he's, got, he, he's fully expecting God to forgive not only him and his people for Christ's sake. And I want to say one more thing about this before we look at the text again. I think we as pastors, and I think we as Christians in America, had better start praying like Daniel. For the sins of our country, for the sins of our people, etc. You know what I'm saying, Adam? Don't you?
1: I do. Yeah, they seem to be multiplying exponentially. Um, and uh, you know, as we say that, we're we're part of this country. We're citizens of it, and so we participate in all the things that our country does in a way. And uh, we need to be aware of that, and confess that, and pray that it would go better, and that we would repent.
0: Uh, and yeah, let's be frank. I think the. the The biggest sin, of course, is idolatry, (coughs) where we don't fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And I think this gets reflected in the breaking of the fifth commandment and allowing the fifth commandment to be broken uh, institutionally. (laughs) And I mean that. Uh, It's systemic. I'm going to borrow the language of the people today. Uh, Abortion is systemic. It is a systemic problem in our country. Truly, that is something that is systemic, because it goes all the way back to our old Adamic self. And now it's been legalized since Roe v. Wade, and it's systemic. And if you go against it, you are now as ABC, Amy, or ACB, pardon me, Amy Coney Barrett has, she knew this since she wasn't born yesterday. But uh, she knows, she knows exactly what was going to happen to her reputation in, in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings and, as, and after she was confirmed and sworn in. She knew exactly what she was up against. So I forget. Um, the, the senator from the East Coast, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He looks like uh, the Grim Reaper. Chuck Schumer? Uh, no, not Chuck. No, he's not from New York. B- Blumenthal? Blumenthal, yes, Blumenthal. Blumenthal. This, man, this man exhibits what I'm trying to point out of, of how systemic abortion is a, a, as a sin. in in this country. The murder of children is a systemic problem in our country. And it needs to be, and my point here is this, we as Christians must pray. And we must pray for Blumenthal's repentance. Seriously, we must pray for our country's repentance on this issue because there are six things the Lord hates and a seventh that is an abomination. Read Proverbs 6. And one is shedding innocent blood. Shedding innocent blood. And this, this is this is the problem in America. So you'd, and and by the way, Can go we, ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say that's one of the problems, right? Yeah. Um, we need to be honest about uh, we've set up our government uh, into the place of God, and even in a sense we've made some of our uh, founding fathers into pagan deities in the sense that we look back at them, you know, chopping down cherry trees or whatever. Uh, we uh, allow riots in the street, which is theft against the Seventh Commandment uh, and uh, destroying people's property. We have... Uh, uh, you know, if you watch TV and you flip through during the day, you have all those uh, gossip TV shows that are on. I don't know what their names are, but I've seen them before. You the have View, the, v- the yeah, View. Okay, that, that's the yeah. classic example. And by the way, or Inside Edition, I think is yeah. the one I'm thinking of. And, and yeah. I mean, so we could go through all ten commandments, and we're not really doing very good on any of them if we're going to be completely honest.
0: Well, that's why I said that the, the biggest, of course, is the idolatry, and, and it gets exhibited in abortion, and and you can just go down the list. Yep. Yeah. But let's learn from Daniel. And this is why at Trinity, and I'm going to say this again, I'm going to repeat it, because uh, I've talked with Pastor Scott Porth at Emmanuel Eagle about this, and uh, I talked to anybody I can about this, that when, when pastors lead their congregations in prayer, don't be general on these topics. Be specific. So, for example, I'm begging not only the people at home to pray this way, but pastors to lead their congregations to pray this way, because here we are at election time. these are big issues. We, We must pray to God to raise up men and women in authority over us that are of the highest integrity, who are not given to bribes, corruption, or immorality, that God will use these men and women in authority over us to protect the innocent, the poor, the elderly, and the unborn, as well as properly prosecuting and punishing all criminals, terrorists, and anarchists so that we can live in peace. See how specific this is? In addition, I think we need to pray this way, and you can use your own words, of course, but I'm just setting this down as a pattern, that we ask God to repent or properly remove all those in authority that brazenly work to destroy God's good gifts of family, life in and outside of the womb, gender, true justice, okay? These kinds of things. I love it. I love it. And then let's go on. This is like Daniel. This is like Daniel prays. Maybe you can get a job at Synod writing those uh, let, us prayer, let us pray prayers that the Synod puts out every week for the one-year and three-year series that in some respects are very good, and in other respects are the very generic kind of praying that you talk to, talked against earlier on. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing to just pray, just pray in general, and we pray for the authorities, and then that's it. We need to be more specific. And let me add the, this. We need to specifically pray that God will end legalized abortion, infanticide, and euthanasia in this country. And I, and we've got to start doing that. I've learned this from Daniel 9. Daniel doesn't pray generically. He's very specific about what Israel's sins are. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: to be completely honest, Daniel sees what the consequence is uh, when his nation is led off into exile, his uh, home city is burned to the ground and flattened with only the poorest of the poor able to live in the ruins. And uh, the prayers that you're talking about, we need to pray that way so that that's not the thing that calls us to repentance, that we're standing in the ruins of our great nation. And um, uh, that's finally when we realize maybe we did something wrong. We need to start praying that way now.
0: Yeah. And, and th- th- no doubt, this is not the first time that a prayer like this had been prayed by an Israelite. Uh, all the prophets that came before probably prayed exactly like this, while Israel was still a nation before the Babylonians came. You know? There's no doubt that Amos prayed this way, etc. Okay? Isaiah. Uh, you know. But back to Daniel 9 now. So let's look at verse 14. Therefore, the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us, For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done, and we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and have made a name for yourself, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) He's telling the truth, okay? O Lord, verse 16, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy hill, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Jerusalem, of course, is a type of the church, New Testament church. And, uh, you know, the church will always remain. Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail. However, we do not have a promise from the Lord that the church will remain like in Murdoch, Nebraska or in Lincoln, Nebraska specifically. You know, the gospel is like a thunderstorm, an afternoon thunderstorm in Nebraska where it moves on, rains and then moves on.
1: And if you doubt that, look at Turkey where all the uh, centers of Christianity, the Council of Nicaea was there, and all those churches are now in ruins, or in Egypt, which once used to be a Christian uh, country, or, you know, we could do anything in North Africa where now Islam is uh, ruling, or even— England, where churches are being turned into gyms and things like that.
0: Um, And as Lutherans, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Germany and huge, huge, beautiful worship houses that have a handful of people gathering for worship because Christianity is a nothing. That's right. It's, It's a huge tragedy in the world. Now, let's finish this in Daniel 9 as we still have a little bit of time. Uh, Go to verse 17, everybody. Daniel says, now therefore, so he's made confession, okay? Now therefore, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy and for your own sake, O Lord. I love that. Your own sake. This is like Moses in Exodus after Aaron builds the golden calf, you know. Make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate, That means face to shine. That means be present because he'd abandoned it because of Israel's sin. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness. Did you hear that, everybody? Daniel's not asking God to forgive them or Israel because of their righteousness, but rather because of your great mercy. Now, verse 19. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. This is the boldness of which Jesus speaks about praying in the New Testament. This is why the small catechism teaches us, you know, when you say our Father who art in heaven, the small catechism asks the question, what in the world does that mean? It means with all boldness and confidence, (laughs) you know, okay. And that's Daniel here. So he, he's, 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 he's like a cocklebur in God's fur. <laughs> here, Daniel is. So pay attention. And act. Who prays like that? Have you, ever, have you ever told God, pay attention and now act? Have you ever prayed like that? We need to start doing that. Okay, Delay not for your own sake, oh my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Back to verse 19, top of it. O oh Lord, hear, O oh Lord, forgive. So this, this is the point. We read this entire chapter to, to make the point that there are three ways you can confess sin to God. One is anytime, anywhere, any place, and you ask God to forgive you, not because of your righteousness, but rather his, and that would be Christ's righteousness.
1: Is it worth pointing out here, too, that right after this in chapter 9, uh, God sends his answer by the angel Gabriel, which reminds us of uh, the annunciation and the birth of Christ itself, which is to come?
0: Yep, yep. And that's why when you read the book of Daniel, you have to look at what's going, it's all done because of what God's going to do in Christ. And Daniel is a type of Christ. He mediates between God and Israel, if you will. Now, I'm not saying Daniel is the Christ. He's not. But he's a type of the one who is to come, namely Jesus, by praying, just like Moses was, who mediated for the sake of his people and reminded God of his name. (laughs) <laughs> you know? And so, God, you've made promises, so keep we're asking you to keep your promises. Oh, I hope this was helpful, folks. Stay Lutheran, my friends.